Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsors, Hop In Brewing in Lillardale. My name is Tim. I'm joined here with Simo. Mate, what a weekend. We're still bloody coming down from all the, just all the emotions, uh, all the fanfare. I've just enjoyed watching all, all the reaction videos I've been posting on social media. In arguably one of the most, well, probably the most memorable game in my short, yours and my short tenures as Demon supporters. I know there's a couple of finals victories that are well up there, but in terms of, even though we weren't there, mate, that was that had all the feels. That was that was ridiculous. Uh, just have to start. I reckon you got to put in the podcast this week. Something to do with the Titanic when Maxi Gorn kicks that goal. <laughs> I reckon, it's just got to be there. I tell you what, I actually haven't seen a better win, or especially a comeback win like that. To be down by forty-four with seven or six to go in the in the third quarter, and to for us to. You know, show that grit and determination to say, you know what, this game's not done. Let's, you know, let's play this out because, you know, we could have got completely gone in our shell towards the end of that game. And, you know, knowing what what was at stake, I mean, we knew we were going to be finishing in the top four, but for us to um to ride that out and, you know, to really flex the muscles in the last quarter was, uh, it was one for the ages, mate. It certainly was, and I was just I was just trying to find, go back to my messages and see. It would have been interesting to see our chain of messages from. You know, coming up to halftime where we just witnessed an absolute onslaught for about six minutes in the in that second quarter where the lead just ballooned out and, and you know, looking at eight straight goals in a very short amount of time, which is very uncharacteristic for us. And I know it's the first time for the entire season that we've conceded any more than five goals. It looked pretty ugly and and credit to Geelong, they they smashed it. I mean, those centre clearance goals were, are incredibly hard to stop and they were just on an absolute roll. I think Maxi talked about it after the game. Once they built up a head of steam and you got Stanley, who he said is a very difficult player, once his confidence is at the brim, like, and he's absolutely running at full tilt, you know, he's a very hard player to stop and you could just see that Dangerfield, those couple of goals back-to-back by Hawkins, Couple of you know lucky ones there, but at the same time, it was all it was all just falling their way, and I think we looked a little bit shell shocked at the time, don't you think? Like just just how quickly that had happened, and it wasn't that we had played barely that entire quarter. It certainly wasn't. It was only up until about probably the ten nine minute mark where they started to. It was pretty contested for that first ten minutes, and we we looked all right. Our game was in good shape. We just didn't get along the scoreboard, but. Then all of a sudden, it's just the floodgates opened and something we're not used to with our, our pretty stellar defence that we have down back. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a, a stat that came up on the screen in the second quarter. I think the inside 50s were even for the second quarter. Um, I think we kicked the first goal, the quarter, Viney kicked the goal, and then it was just an onslaught from pretty much from that point onwards. But, yeah, those centre clearances really, really hurt us. With danger just streaming out and, you know, get, they're getting those hand and those run and draw handballs. We'll, we'll next level gone. But, yeah, those those couple... Next level what? <laughs> next level gone. Yeah, um, I thought I had that. that. <laughs> um, like, well, that, that, did you say that Jeremy Cameron goal? How the hell do you react so quickly? 
That was is that the one around the corner? No, no, that was the one where um, we spoiled the ball and it fell straight into his lap and he kicked it on the goal line. I was right, oh, at, yeah. right at half time. Yeah. Like yep. it was, I couldn't believe my eyes. And they, the Tom Hawkins thing. I was that like, was the one where, um, wasn't that the one where Harms, where they went back to the review? Was that the Cameron one or was that the Hawkins um, one? Both of, them, both of them went to review because yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Line, but, I've um, watched it four times. I watched it again today and I still can't remember uh, it. Uh, just like how quickly he reacted to that spoil though. And he yeah. just stuck out the one mitt, kept it, kept it inside and then kept the other like. Anyway, enough about the cats. They suck now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, I, I, I'm not. I hate, I hate, you know, after what the cats did to us in 2018, because it wasn't just only that Max Gorn miss. It was also the Zach Tui kick after the siren. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I will never forget that. Even though I didn't see it live, I remember exactly where I was at that point in time at Stomping Ground Brewery in Collingwood. And, yeah, I was tracking the scores, and then I heard people from across the room start yelling and screaming and then I check refresh my scores and I saw the full time. I was just like, ah oh, fuck. There that, was you go, a, so. that was a crazy <laughs> that was a crazy, crazy year twenty eighteen, because then we yeah. knocked them off in the finals. Yeah, oh, very convincingly as well too. So but no, look all in all, we actually we played a fantastic game. I think the yeah, if you looked at the scores at that particular point in time, say you weren't following the game and you saw that Geelong were up by thirty nine or whatever it was at half time you think, yeah, shit, like that's that's probably game done. And it, it wasn't probably a true representation of, of the contest because we played really well the first quarter and a half. And, and yeah, I mean, our game was in good shape, I really think. And, like, Cozzy had a great start. He looked really lively around goal. And I think – and Benny Brown, I thought, was fantastic in that first quarter. Like, obviously, he got that great contested mark and kicked goal. But, but just his contest, again, like just building upon these last few weeks – being able to get his hands and look pretty dangerous at forward as well too. So that, I thought that was really interesting to see. We we had Smitty in, which was a, a really big surprise to you and me both, uh, left in the side, but did a pretty good job on Gary Rowan, I think. You know, I think Rowan only got, what, maybe one, and that was two. two but like that, you know, one out the back, seemed to think that his athleticism was a, was a better fit than Hibbo, which is, yeah, interesting call. I don't know where that sits for... Um, for next week coming into Brisbane, but we just have to think about <laughs> that moment, mate, the mark and a lot of the events that transpired leading up to the mark. And I know we're going to get into this later, but I couldn't like, yeah, as I said, it's half in a trivia night and sort of half, sort of started to fade out a little bit because I could sort of see it. And then like the goals start ticking back all the, like upon rewatching all the damage is done within the five minutes left to go in the third quarter. Well, sorry. Yeah, two, three minutes left in the third quarter, even though the, the margin is still 32 points. We're back to within seven, within five minutes gone in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, oh, it's it's, like there's so much time left in the fourth and the last eight or nine minutes, there's I don't think there's a goal scored up until our goal, Max's goal, almost at the end there. So it gets pretty tight there, but far out. What what was going through your head when uh, when Lever had the ball at about fifty two meters out there? <laughs> Look, to be honest, it, it all sort of happened really quick. I'm like, what the hell was a fifty meter for? Like, cause I, I was, it just happened so quick. And then after watching the end of the game, seeing what Close did, like that's that's you know reminded me of what Malcolm did. But like, obviously not. Well, Malcolm's was a lot funnier than what he did because <laughs> obviously it cost his side the game. But I don't know. Like in the lead up to that, like the deliberate call, I thought we'd actually lost it from there. I was, I was like, great, now we won't get the ball back. And then I don't know what Guthrie was thinking, kicking on the full. Obviously, the wind took it or something, but 
gosh, yeah. <laughs> a very interesting minute of footy. And then I tell you what, we couldn't have written a script better. Nah. Yeah, spiritual leader kicking the final goal. And, you know, I, I've, I've been hearing all what, you know, especially what Stephen May said um, all about, you know, no matter what, you know, we love you um, because, you know, they're getting stuck into him a fair bit and, and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, seeing him <laughs> deliver and, you know, hearing what he's had to say and reliving the moment and everything and, you know, what that's now, you know, giving us the opportunity for. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Being on this side of it, um, having experiences in my life, so yeah, it's and I think it's well within our rights to celebrate. I think for fans and supporters, and even like people involved with the club, I just think that whilst they, the players in the club, certainly know that the job's not done yet, but they can certainly just enjoy the moment, and I think they certainly did. And you could see it in the players as soon as Max had kicked the goal. As soon as they all jumped on and you could just hear the screams and that was a great i mean as much as you miss the crowd and the roar don't get me wrong but how good was it just hearing the players voices as soon as it came off his boot you know like that's that sort of raw emotion there i thought it was pretty awesome um i really sort of enjoyed that and yeah as a supporter it's just been a complete celebration and it's been great to see you know all over the weekend fans as i said being out loud and vocal and you know seeing some great posts on social media i think there's there's one bar did you see that the one that's been painted there's a bloke yeah, painting at the front uh, i thought that was yeah pretty amazing and yeah i think we have every right just to enjoy this moment no one's getting ahead of themselves whatsoever but um I'd like even thinking on saturday night mate when you called me and uh <laughs> you called me and you said you're done i'm you know, I'm, I'm a bit emotional right now. And, and it actually took me a while to find that Christian Petrarca interview that you were talking mm. about because it, they didn't show it on KO. It wasn't a Fox. It was a Channel 7 thing. Channel 7 thing. And going back and re-watching that, it was, um, yeah, oh, it's, it makes it just makes your heart melt, I think, watching Track say that. Probably just to think about how much he's grown as a person and a leader at our club. And you can just tell how much he loves our club and yes you could see that from his contract extension that you know he's going to stay at the club until the last day he plays footy but i think to hear him and just see his emotions and his body language and just everything that he was saying as, as a result of that win and how much it meant to them and and the club it was yeah a really proud moment to be a supporter and i think he's certainly somebody that has has developed as a leader and yeah i can't wait to see him and what the rest of the boys can do in September. But no, it's been a bloody good weekend, mate. I'm, I know I might look a little bit light on in terms of merch at the moment. I've been wearing it flat out this weekend and <laughs> in between trying to get baby Harper to sleep before we could jump on here. Didn't have time to get changed. So uh, it's no, it's been it's been bloody good and it's been fun to rewatch. I think I was up till about 1 a.m. And I think, yeah, ended up tipping back a few, even just on my own, watching, <laughs> watching it, as you did, as you said, you'd, uh, you'd yep. snorkeled how many Mishkis on, uh, after the night? Of the old Mishkis, four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it just, yeah, it means, oh, I look, every right to us, I think it's, it, it means so much to all of us. And no, I think we can just now get ready for season 2.0. It's, um, we've, we've finished that done and dusted first time since 64 and, we now move on and set our sights onto the next goal, which is Brisbane Lions this Saturday night at, at Adelaide Oval. So obviously got to pick and it sounds like they're pretty confident in where they want to play and, and why they want to play, which is, yeah, uh, good on them. Obviously, yeah, we're still 
in no man's land here in Victoria. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that we're, it's going to be a little bit bittersweet that we're not going to be able to be there in person. But I know that the club and the players can certainly feel all the love from behind screens and, and everything like that. So just quickly, a little bit of news before we keep tracking. So a couple of things that happened during the week. All Australian selections came out last night. Dees killed it with seven players. Uh, Bailey Fritch, Max Gorn, Jake Lever, Stephen May, Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, and Christian Salem, all named in the 40-man squad, so nominated for a final spot. Pretty outstanding. Any surprises there or anyone that you think might be stiff to miss out, like from us? I think, like, especially more, or Christian Salem, probably more for his first year, the uh, half of the year, I think, was his real strong start. Uh, obviously, had a bit of a lull. And then I think his last four or five weeks has really come back to form. Um, Bailey Fritch is probably a little bit of a surprise there. Um, but for someone that's kicked, what, 40 or almost 50 goals for the year, um, you'd be silly not to have him in there. And he's, you know, I think he's been one of the most accurate forwards in his in his elk sort of this year. Um, the one player who I would probably think who would have been close um, if he kept his season form up, but I think once he come back from concussion is where he sort of took a dip. But um, we've, we've spoken to him last week pretty heavy. Um, is Ed Langdon. He's probably one that the true genuine winger who would have been up for calculations with like the McCluggages. Um, and also the season. So that's probably one that I'd say, but I think, you know, he's in his own sort of, you know, in his own sort of world, but we love, we love positive lingers. So yeah, it's probably the only one. Where about you, mate? Yeah, no, I'm pretty stoked with that. I think that those players there certainly deserve a, a berth. Uh, I think when it comes down to the crunch of it and you're looking to lock in a final side, I think Gorn, Matt, uh, Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver, I think a locks. I think I think Jake Lever will probably get in. It'd be interesting to see whether I think Lever if there's not room for both, I think Lever gets in over May. Yeah. I think. I, I, I think, I um, I think as much as I love Maisie yeah. and I just yeah, I think just reading, I suppose, the play a little bit in that sense, I feel like that he yeah, he might be unlucky, Maisie there, not to get a berth, even though was it last year where he was kind of robbed he didn't even make the squad, I don't think. So uh, where a lot of people had him the best fullback in the comp. So not to say that he's had a dip in form or anything, but I just think that that's probably where that's looking at. So do we have the most nominations or was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah we are. I think Brisbane had five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, to go with the old Australians, mate, the under 22s, um, I'll tell you what, mate, having five in there is pretty special knowing that you know what you're doing it's a, it's a true it's a true testament to the players and coaching around those younger boys to get in there that's um, is that the is that the final squad or is that just a i think that, it i think it is i think it is but the five blokes in there it's pretty it's pretty amazing yeah so we've got what cozy jackson jordan um, jordan petty and, and riv. riv yeah awesome and like yeah we were praising our youth last week and talking about how exciting it is to have this next crop come up and they're just there to complement the older blokes. That, again, talk about having the right veteran, not veterans, but you know the right senior players there to learn off. And we've we've talked so much this year about how much those blokes are just sponges and absolutely soaking up every bit of experience that surrounds them. And and yeah, I mean, looking at a finals berth for a lot of them that are going to be playing finals footy, you know, that have only played, you know, what under thirty, under forty games. It's pretty pretty amazing to watch the impact that they've got. 
We also this week had our competition, which finished up tonight. Uh, so we had a very generous hamper put together by ourselves and by our amazing sponsors in Hop End Brewing for yeah some some mixed beers, uh, a beanie, a couple of stubby holders, and and a very special attention to detail mug. And we will be announcing that tomorrow. So thanks to everyone that did enter. We had a bit of dramas with Facebook, as I was telling you before. Ended up blocking me for 24 hours for posting that and i'm still trying to figure out why so apologies for those people that did enter on the facebook page but i think majority of the traction got on insta anyway so that's still going so thanks to everyone that did that and thanks to hop in brewing thank you so much to mike and jody for donating the prize it's really generous of them and and obviously part of that is to promote their brand and their business as well too who unfortunately like a lot of small businesses are feeling the heat a little bit with, well, not a little bit, feeling the heat a lot with lockdown. So it's great for us to be able to promote a local business that gives us such great support as well too. So thanks to everyone that entered and thanks to our sponsors there. And yeah, we'll announce the winner tomorrow on the socials. All right, mate. Well, we've talked about the game a fair bit, but we've got to get into the things that we did love about the game in our next segment. Credit to the boys. Back into the game, so... Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. All right, Simone. Heaps, heaps to love about this week. Oh, were you going to start with? <laughs> oh, mate, I just, I was just getting excited to go. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's heaps, heaps to love about the game. And yeah, well, what's the first point that you've got there, bud? Has to be Jack Viney, mate. Um, I think just I feel like he had a point to prove this week, and he definitely proved it. And he we got my trust back, and I think he's got a lot of Melbourne players, uh, Melbourne supporters, and players um, trust back. Um, is he is he another player that has now listened to the podcast and followed your advice from last week? I, re- <laughs> I reckon. I reckon there, there's got to be something. Yeah, yeah you've I got to. Because <laughs> I reckon we're picking up traction. We are flying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. The way he set the he set the tone at the start of the game, and you know, kicked the goal in the second quarter, which was a nice one, I might add. But I think the biggest thing us as Melbourne supporters have taken out is his job on danger. I mean, I mean, Chris Scott was saying that you know danger is a little bit you know unwell or something, but bullshit. I reckon <laughs> Viney, Viney made him feel that way. I reckon so. Yeah, maybe gave him some uh, some grass in the mouth or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it's zero touches. They're you know the highest impact player. Like. You know, it was yeah, great to see for Vin and um, huge for us moving forward into the finals. That's right. And I think we, we know what he brings to our side in terms of his intensity and the ferocity and the way that he tackles. And I think he has take, he's one of those players, you know, it's been a theme this entire season about players accepting their roles. He's someone that's had to sacrifice part of his role in, in terms of what he would normally do within this team and being that inside midfielder. He's he's playing a defensive role a lot of these times and he does get criticised a bit from the media and has, well, from fans and has been from the last few weeks about saying, does he belong in this side, blah, blah, blah. I think we saw, as you said, on Saturday night, just about what impact he does have on our, on our team. And, you know, it's not everything that he does is perfect, but who who is in that sense like his job on danger as you said was was huge especially in that last quarter where it was so crucial in us being able to get over the line especially with danger's role in that second quarter and and the momentum that he sort of carried along with a number of other geelong players in that in that little spurt there but 
he yeah I, I think that just from the from the first bounce he certainly set the tone tackled really hard he looked he looked pretty aggressive in terms of moving forward and pushing forward had a couple of shots on goal as well too like even before he kicked that really nice goal he had a nice couple of shots at goal and i think you mentioned last week you'd like to see him push up as a bit of a defensive forward and not not saying i mean we know that danger Make me a coach mate just they <laughs> no, just call him the, the d whisperer mate no, 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 like it's you, your little feelers get out there and then you know people people listen but no i i just think that if there was any doubt for anyone about what his role is in the side, I think he certainly cemented it and we need him in the side and I think he, he proved that really well. So, yeah, great great to see him back. And he, uh, did you see his interview on Sunday Footy Show the next day? I know they asked him about his body and how it's feeling and he said, yeah, not feeling feeling great because he is someone that's been hampered by injuries a little bit and obviously coming off the suspension, you're coming off a two-week, well, let's call it rest in that sense. But, yeah, great to see that he's fit and firing and we're certainly going to need him uh, in this final series is going to be huge for us. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think <clears throat> we really saw that. I think he came off an injury in 2018 as well, and he came back and played um, a very similar role. I think he went to, you know, Selwood in danger. I think he racked up 12 tackles or something. So, yeah, I think he's a very much a finals player and he'll thrive at the moment. Um, one thing, another player to talk about, there's a lot of players to to highlight here, but big Maxi. I mean, obviously, you know, we spoke about his goal and everything, but I think just his impact around the ground, just getting back, um, just a real true captain's game um, to get us over the line and, yeah, gave us first use, especially in the last quarter and, yeah, really set the tone in that final quarter. He did. Just, you grow to love him more and more each game, I think you watch him and I think we talk about growth of character and growth of a person and just watching him his old journey i know we had a good chat with fitzy about the way that he's developed over his time at the club but i think we know that as a captain the way to to lead from the front is to be that on on the field and and for your actions to to speak absolute volume to the players around you and just everything that he did in that second half between him and clary were, were really the true indicators of of our our, our revival and our comeback and even as you said in that fourth quarter i mean i think it was in the first six first five six minutes i think he had seven possessions running at 85 percent uh he had and i can't remember exactly how many clearances but his ruck work was just instrumental and and ray stanley you know what did a stellar job against him especially in the first half and got the better of him a couple of times especially when they were on that run and i mean it's the ultimate captain's goal isn't it at the end of the day and you wouldn't whilst from a goal-kicking point of view, you might rather somebody else in front of you taking a goal after the siren, but far out. I think you sort of love it even more that was Maxi, and Nasa could get a little bit of retribution from 2018, and I know that he said, I think, on Gus and Gorney this week, talking about that, yeah, a few, few Geelong players are reminding him of it, and, and yeah, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd hate to be in that position in that sense, but he said... Yeah, uh, yeah, waltzed in. He had Greg Stafford in his ear and and made sure that the ball hit the right spot in the foot and it sailed straight through. And I think the rest is history in that sense. So, nah, his game was instrumental. And yeah, caps off a stellar home and away season and in, in what should be, and I think a sixth All Australian berth this year or five. I think yeah, it's, I think it's five. Was it be five this year? Yeah, okay. So, no, well deserved. And no, I can't wait to see him. He's, he's going to be a huge weapon in the finals. And we talked about last week, the duo with him and Jackson is just becoming more and more potent. They're just becoming more and more versatile. They're, 
they're another midfielder. They're another clearance player. They're, you know, they're not just Ruckman anymore. They're not standalone players. He's just, he's in a league of his own and now nah, we all love him for it. Just rem- remembered too, he had 25 touches, mate. That's that's another midfielder. I think um, he's, you know, we think that Max has been a little bit, not definitely not to, up to his hefty stands over the past probably month. I'd say I reckon, you know, give Jackson some more time in there to pinch it a little bit more. And I think, yeah, he, he just said, no, nah, it's it's mine here. It's mine. And I think, like, that will that'll be the trend. Like, it's, it's you know, do or die now. It's, you know, there's not going to be a next week if, you know, we're in that position. Obviously, you know, if we do end up losing touching wood this weekend, you know, there will be another chance. But, you know, you got to go hell for leather here. It's, it's the real stuff. As you said, season 2.0 is starting here. And, you know, he's one of those blokes that we need firing. And if he can deliver what he did on Saturday night, I tell you what, look at our competition and look at those teams in our way. Um, I want to touch on Clayton Oliver's game too. Outstanding. 37 and hit the scoreboard with two incredible snacks. Nice one on the run, which was in the third quarter, um, just to, to get us sort of going. I think just to get us hit the Toward, score. Towards the end, towards the end of the third quarter, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was he kicked our fourth to get us going, and he kicked a nice, nice snap in the fourth, which got us going. And to go to that's 37, 26 contested, just a contested ball. You know, you, you say, you know, is he our most impactful player? Like he's he's got to be, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard debate between him at Petrarca, I think it's, you know, I mean, if he can hit the scoreboard, I think Clary does go ahead of Petrarca now, but um, Petrarca is definitely a player who can go forward. But seeing Clary kick goals as a midfielder, it's, uh, yeah, it's good to see. It is. I think it is. it's a double-edged sword between him and Petrarca. It's really you take one out of the game and you've got the other to, who, who just gets unleashed and absolute wreaks havoc on, on the other side. And, yeah, I just think that he is... He's poised for a huge final series. I think he, he certainly could be probably the informed player of the competition. And, and we're talking about coming into Brownlow season. He's going to be named the coaches player, um, the coaches association player at the end of this. I think it's he's got to poll three votes in that game. And um, sorry, not three votes. Get you know the ten, nine, or eight. I, I think Bont. I think he's three ahead of Bont. And they said that Bont didn't play very well. I didn't see the game, but. Yeah, you can just imagine that he's going to take that. And, and the entire league, really, and the players really recognize that leader, that award as being so much more, I suppose, credible than the Brownlow in that sense. I, just, I think just to be recognized by coaches, you know, around around the competition is, is a huge thing. And I think that that's a huge credit to him. And as you said, putting a couple of goals to his name now, just it, it makes him a very scary matchup. He's so strong. I think just everything that he just does is clean. It doesn't matter whether it's wet or dry. He, the work that he does on the inside is just, it's an absolute brute force. He's breaking lines. He's breaking tackles. He just knows how to get the hands, like where everyone's standing. Yes, on the odd occasion, he might put someone in a pretty shit position or, you know, might get a, a hospital hand pass or a Hollywood hand pass here and there. But really, he is just getting better and better. And I think, where we're going to be, yeah, well served by him in the years to come, and I think this final series is going to be a huge benefactor for that too. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and another player which I actually just didn't realize until now that Jake Lever, twenty-two touches with the twelve intercepts, he's a lean, he's a lean interceptor in the competition by a pretty sure a pretty decent margin now. Um, mate, the bloke is a brick wall. He's just playing out of his skin, I think. And when we're talking about whether you take 
May or is there room for May and Lever in the All-Australian side? But I just think Lever's run up to the finals has just been, you know, absolutely huge. And there's that game where May didn't play against Adelaide where, yeah, he just stood out even more. And, and you're right, you're hearing the players and having no crowds there. And we sort of knew how much that he talked out there. But again, that leadership that he's developed now and still at such a young age as well, He's going to be a player that is going to be such a, so important to us as well too. And as you said, the intercept marks, I think he's averaging, was it over four for the season now? Four intercept marks is the first person in history uh, of the game to average more than four intercept marks per game. I think I've got that stat right. Might have to, you might have to check with me well, on that. I'm, I'm looking at your face, but I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think anyone has cracked that before. I wouldn't be surprised, so, mate. I would not be surprised. Yeah, and there was a few huge moments in the fourth quarter. Not to mention he's the one that pulls the kick to Maxi in that dying stages of the game. So he, listening to, they said that, yeah, you, he's horrible at set shots apparently. So I think the players knew that he wasn't going to have a ping at 49 out. <laughs> um, just, I think, the awareness for him to be able to get moving to play on. Like, he's obviously appealing for the 50. They get it. I think they gave a huge rap to the bloke in the stands who got oh, the ball back so to quick. him so so quickly. Have and, you watched and, that? Have you watched that vision? Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy because you think about it, it, get, it doesn't give them enough time to... Sorry, the whole 18 players back. And, and you're seeing the vision of Stanley. Now, this is the big thing. He's been, yeah, roasted a little bit for his job here. Now, he... Somebody initially had said that there was two men spare back, but there actually weren't because they were manned up on two Melbourne players. I feel Stanley looks behind him, and whether he gets called back or he looks that there's no spare there and he drags, he get he, he drops back, and obviously it leaves Maxi not wide open. He's got someone on him, but he just obviously plucks it out of midair. There is it Stanley's fault no, as a footy uh, To be honest, I, I think I, I labelled Tom Hawkins. I don't, he was yeah. garden space. It, it was just, yeah. And grass, but they didn't like the hotspot. Well, probably, well, obviously, it was like 20 out. I mean, you look at it all open up, all the Geelong players had no idea. I mean, you'd think like someone would lay a big body check on him or something. Um, but you see the slightest little nudge as Max is running towards that spot, he just turns around and then he's got an absolute, you know, pretty much a paddock. No, yeah, yeah, I think outmarked Mark O'Connor, maybe. I think, yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, I think he's the one that turned around straight yeah, away. He's but got, he's got no body, no body contact whatsoever. No, nah, crazy stuff. And geez, yeah, I think Geelong will be pulling their hair out because they're going to pretty tough match up against the, the rampaging power who finally have beaten a decent side. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a little bit, so I'm a little bit worried about Pat. Yeah, but, so, um, fingers crossed we don't have to see them to the grand final. So, mate, can we can we do one? Can we credit two of the Geelong players? Can we credit Jeremy? Cameron and uh, Henderson for running into each other. Oh, job. mate. How that, was, that, was, that was going to be a goal. And just it was, yeah. Make things interesting for make it harder for us to win. But I'll tell you what, seeing those run, those guys run into each other made me like, oh, yes. I was like, yeah, we got them rattled here. It was a pretty, yeah, it was a pretty big collision. And they're on the ground for a bit as well, too. So, no, definitely, as you said, yeah, it was almost a certain goal in that sense. And we were able to mop that up pretty quickly as well. So, no, it's uh, everything happens for a reason, mate. It's uh, all everything aligned because we can put that to the deliberate calls and we can put that to the out of bounds on the full and it all it all lines up, mate. And the stars align. That's <laughs> that's we've got to be thankful for that. All right, mate. Well, we've covered the things that we did like. Now we're going to cover the things that we didn't like in the game. In our next segment, pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. 
Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. Alright mate, well for such an instrumental game, it's hard to get pissed off at a lot of things, but there's certainly a couple of things that we could nitpick at for sure. And I think you might start us off with that kind of glaring patch. And I think I was corrected on my grammar uh, on social media about using it as a purple patch. I've always thought that people mentioned purple patches as being a bad thing. Mm, no, nah, I've always nah. known the purple patch for being a good. Nah, well, obviously, yeah. Well, there you go. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learn something new every day. So not a purple patch, but let's uh, yeah, let's call it an absolute blitz in the last six, seven minutes of that second quarter. What happened? Yeah. Oh, Utah. Oh, it's, uh, I think it was just like center clearance dominance. I feel like those, yeah, if you're getting no pressure on the ball coming into the 50, yeah, your defense is completely, you know, under the pump. Like try and defend that. It's like I've, I've been on receiving end of it before. There's just nothing you can really do because it just unfolds and there's just so much space for the players to move into. It's, you know, it's really, really tough. But eight goals straight in the second quarter when the most goals were given up in one quarter was five. I mean, that's, that's pretty damning. Like, what what were we doing in the midfield? It just, yeah. it just doesn't, make, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, what's really, really odd and bizarre about it, that is the only, pretty much the only bad 15-minute, 15, 15, 20-minute block we had in the whole game. Because yeah. you look at it at three-quarter time, we're down by 32 points, but and yet we've won two quarters of footy. Like, That's wow. right. It was, an, it was an anomaly in that sense, and it was. It was just one of those periods that really got away from us. And I think I mentioned it before. We just looked shell-shocked, and you're right. They just got their run on. The momentum that between Danger, Selwood, Hawkins all put on that full pressure and just breaking into the 50 not by foot by running in there and just breaking the game open a little bit certainly was left our defense scrambling and I think for majority of the game you're right like our defensive structure was pretty good and they ended up you know kind of panicking at times and certainly we got a number of intercept marks throughout the game but that period then certainly wasn't wasn't then and yeah like well, credit to Geelong for one for playing that explosive brand of footy, and I think Chris Scott came out and sort of said, "Yes, okay, it's not great to to give up a forty-four point lead and lose. Don't get me wrong, teams should be wary of, of what we can do and how they can break games open like that. And can, we've really now found that our character can be tested at any point. And you just feel comfortable about any position that we're put in that we can claw our way back into a game. We can get to the main break. We can reset." The right message is obviously given, and I think from everything what the boys were all saying at halftime and in the media afterwards, Goody was pretty calm. Well, we know Goody's calm all the time, but he said, look, our game's in pretty good shape. Obviously, wasn't happy with the centre-bounce goals that we gave up, but everything else, statistically, we were playing pretty well. So it was just to concentrate on getting back to the basics, which generally that's what it is a lot of the time, and getting back to winning that contested ball. and. I think our utter dominance that kind of proceeded into the fourth quarter, like how much we just dominated the ball after that was, I think, a true testament to our boys being able to dig themselves out of a hole. And and yeah, I mentioned before, I don't think you, you, you flick on the scores, a 30 or well, 44 points down, it didn't represent truly the contest of the game. But, you know, it's still <laughs> the aim of the game is to kick more goals than the other team and uncharacteristic for us. And they'll certainly learn from it. At the end of the day, when we were able to claw our way out of it, it was just an, another one of those situations that you're proud to be a Melbourne supporter that they didn't just throw in the towel. And, and they'll, you know, there was a lot at stake, and 
the boys dug in and yeah, here we are. The last thing that I want to talk about that I'm pretty pissed off about, and this is something that I think you highlight generally that we don't normally like to do. It's not we don't like to bag out the umpires. However, the deliberate out of bounds on Saturday night, like and I'm talking multiple, not just one, but multiple throughout the night, I thought was absolutely outrageous. And I was thinking about it at the end of the day. Like, obviously, for us, we're playing for minor premiership. Can you imagine if that game was being played for a spot in the eight? We've already had a game this year. Obviously, we were on the end of that about a shitty call of delivered out of bounds. Oliver got tackled by Hawkins, and he was obviously just got a miss kick and got his boot to ball, trickled out of bounds, and said, yeah insufficient attempt and you're like what what the hell and then in the four in, in the fourth quarter so that was in the third quarter and fourth quarter early on the fourth quarter the same thing happened i can't remember who it was that was tackled it might have been uh i can't remember who it was the geelong player that was tackled but did exactly the same thing and the umpire's like nah sorry i couldn't see it and you're thinking what and you could see the days players are frustrated they're obviously not dwelling on it got to get back and got to get on with the game but then we think about the last 30 seconds where gus brayshaw is trying to keep the ball, trying to get the ball into the Ford 50. The commentators are on the side and saying he's trying to keep the ball in. He wants to win the game. We're not trying to waste time here. And he calls it. Now, footy camera has come out and a little bit of NBA, Rashid Wallace, ball don't lie sort of shit where Cam Guthrie's then booted it back out of bounds. So it ends up working out our favour. But Gus said on the pod, on the podcast, not our podcast, on his podcast, he said, first thing that entered my mind is that I've cost us the game. And you think about it, like it's such a shit decision. They've just got to call their jets on that. And they've got to re- read the situation of the game. There's not We're not the ones that are two points in front trying to, trying to drag out time. We're the ones trying to get the ball forward, trying to score a point. There's no way in heck that Gus is trying to deliberately put it out of bounds. And the whole insufficient intent, interpretation of the rule, they need to actually have a think about it because there's a difference between deliberate and insufficient attempt and like it's yeah no nah, it was just shit and i know it's going to get plenty of coverage like the afl came out after we lost to adelaide and said that that was the wrong decision it won't get called this time because we obviously got the win but they've got to they've got to get that straight because if somebody loses a final because of, of a decision like that there's going to be absolutely uproar Right, Simo, we've got to award our final Charlie Sparger Award for the home and away season, going to our best performance. Now, it's not necessarily the the one that stands out or gets the most media attention, but it's the one between you and me, who we thought had a really impactful performance, who may not get recognised from the outside, but we've picked somebody that we think is pretty fitting for this award to take it out for the last game of the year and, and had a huge impact and played a big role in our comeback in the fourth quarter. Do you want to uh, do you want to unveil who it is? Uh, look, it's your love child, so I'll, I'll let you do it. Well, it wouldn't it be a miss about the man himself who has his own award named after him, Charlie Spargo, who really ignited the fourth quarter and kicked two clutch goals. Who just we know what his work rate is, and he's tirelessly chasing up and, and delivering that forward pressure. But those two goals there, the one running into the goal line and getting his toe on one. And then that snap from, oh, what, about 30 out almost on the, 
nearly on the nearly on the boundary or yeah amazing and 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 again i I love i just i can hear in my head the shouts of the boys as soon as they can see a ball sailing through how good is it hearing them all celebrate i love it it's uh no he he just really stepped up in a big moment and you know what he's not the player that's going to have four incredible quarters he's not the sort of bloke that you're going to notice who's going to have 30 touches but to stand out and make plays like that in moments that are so you know so crucial to the result in the game you can't help but admire that and we've been a big fan of Spargs all season and yeah what a, what a fitting way to go out for, for season 2021 in, in order to win his own award so i was thinking maybe maybe next season mate we've got to count we've got to accrue them so somebody maybe wins wins it at the end of the season so um maybe we'll work on that in the off season but well done sparks mate yeah yeah played a huge role in that victory so can't wait to see what you're gonna do in the finals well simo we are the podcast for fans by the fans and we wouldn't be here without our loyal listeners and this is the chance that they get to have in giving their say about the show in fugazi People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. You do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the Wolf <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we're looking for talking points from our inspirational win against Geelong on Saturday night. First one there, mate. Who have we got? Okay, the first one comes in from Kirk. Scott, so Max Tracker and Clary's domination in the last quarter, hundred percent agree. Those guys were pivotal in our win. They've they've been well well aptly named the big three, and you know you, you think the big three, you think of Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. Are they the uh, AFL's own version of, of that? It's pretty pretty elite in the in the sense of it is our big three, and you put those names in. Huh? Who's who, mate? Who well, obviously Bosch would have to be Gorney because of being the tall player. But yeah, who's track it and being a basketballer himself? Uh, pff, uh, okay, it's, you know, bit of a well, game. Would you would you would you say Clary's kind of stepped it up a little bit? Is he is he become Bron the last few weeks? Yeah, maybe. And then and then you know, track is just kind of you know obviously played his role to absolute perfection. But you know, Dwayne Wade was obviously still in his in his peak performance period then and when those two came to came to south beach so yeah i don't know i'm not sure how they feel about getting compared to him but oh i'm sure track would get around it he loves nba so <laughs> um who we got next there we have got jason innes says gus bradshaw uh brayshaw sorry unheralded in the last two minutes firstly the contest he flew back into he had to go and then a number of important touches including the handball receive arched the back and then took off i think jace made a really good point there and you look at the watching that last sec that last one minute when he wins that contest and gets back around to the to evade the john player i can't remember who it is in the sense but he's the one that obviously gets the ball away and it, that bouncing handball to max who then's been able to release to i think harms we know that brayshaw is somebody again talked about but somebody that just plays plays big in in the moments where we need him and yeah that was a huge role and probably something that would go unnoticed uh, as well to um, amongst the heroics of the game i just want to give a little plug to so jason actually sent us a link the other day he's runs a website called my heart beats true which is a really great collation of a lot of demons media and i'm not just saying this because our stuff's on there he sent it to me it's, it's fantastically laid out he's got 
anything that's about demons that gets posted. So it's got a lot of our articles from the you know Melbourne Football Club website. We've got a number of different podcasts up there. You're talking about the debrief um, ourselves, the D's podcast, Deluded. So anybody that's a D's fan, and I'm sure that people are scratching around for positive D's vibes to, to enjoy their week by, certainly worth checking out. It's just myheartbeatstrue.com. And I'm not sure if it's an affiliation with the Facebook and Instagram page because obviously they have a, a massive following as well too. But no, it's definitely a little bit of a hub for all things D. So for anyone else there that wants to find an easy way to kind of access all the things without going to heaps of different links, you can certainly check it out there. And yeah, thanks to Jace for putting that together because I know exactly as somebody that, uh, well, you and me both know that for somebody that puts our own time into this and we don't make any money out of this, it's just for the pure benefit of fans. So um, yeah, big shout out to Jace there. So I'm sure he'll be getting lots of hits with everybody getting around the D's at the moment. Awesome. Thanks, Jace. Um, so next one comes in from Sue Barber. I'm so excited for the supporters and the whole team. Like I tell you what, yeah, we're all riding this uh, this roller coaster and, you know, we can only look one week at a time. But I tell you what, the, uh, the future is definitely, definitely exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're just all enjoying the moment. And yeah, it is. It's a big celebration at the moment. And I think it is. It's just peak excitement. And, you know, the players are all out there excited. Just they can't wait for Saturday night. And um, no, either can we, which is great. And lastly of all, we've got Justin Giuliano from Twitter who said, first game we've ever won, sorry, first time we've ever won a game with a kick after the siren. It is, apparently, uh, according to Benny Gibson, the <laughs> media mogul at Melbourne Football Club there. Yeah, first time in history. As you mentioned before, we've certainly been on the receiving end of a couple, uh, especially with Geelong, but first game that we've ever won, and it's, I'll tell you what, it feels bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> not to be on the receiving. It's not to be on the, uh, the this end rather than the receiving end. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. I think you called for the Titanic um, preview. It's got to be there. Yeah, I'll be upset. Get released. <laughs> surely, surely. Well, you're thinking back to what was it? Fitzy getting banned from Twitter because he kept retweeting the uh, <laughs> the Titanic version of his goal from Centre Square. Oh my god! And because it infringed copyright, right. <laughs> because it infringed copyright. Um, we call it terms uh yeah and he's he was banned from twitter so now i'm sure that'll be bobbing up at some point this season so thanks to everyone for uh commenting on there i just wanted before we finish up the segment i just want to give a big shout out to all of our fans for this season i mean it's not not over yet but me and yourself and i was speaking on behalf of you mate we're so grateful for everybody that listens to the podcast to, that everyone that interacts with our posts and sends us messages and yeah as i said like this is just a hobby and we just love interacting with fans and of course it's it's amazing now it's such an exciting time in the season and for our position and where the team's at and where the club's at but we really do appreciate everybody that yeah gives up their time to listen to you and me banter along about this and yeah we, we just enjoy that people are out there listening and we couldn't be more grateful so thank you so much for all your support and we hope that we're providing yeah a little bit of, of entertainment light and light-hearted entertainment and um couch analysis of of the days in yeah what's what's been a pretty amazing season all right simo well we've covered the incredible win we're going to continue to relive that weeks after weeks after weeks uh, once this is going gone through but we do have to look ahead we do have to look at season 2.0 when first week of finals comes up we're going to look at that you're going to preview this in our next segment one week at a time 
Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And, and coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. All right, mate. Brisbane Lions is our team to verse. You know, we spoke about this last week. You know, who we're going to be playing? Like, I thought it would be the the doggies, and or potentially the doggies, or you know, I never expected to be playing Brisbane. So, and also being in Adelaide, which is uh, quite quite extravagant. You know, it's a nice deck, and I think the reason I think we have chosen that ground or had some sort of say in choosing that ground because obviously we like playing there. So hopefully that holds us in good stead and. I think we match up pretty well against Brisbane. Um, obviously, last time we come up against the Lions, our first half was abysmal. We were down by, what, maybe four or five goals, but then obviously ran all over them um, in the second half. So hopefully a strong start against the Lions and, yeah, hopefully we can carry on with our winning ways after our, our three-game win streak, I think it is, to finish the season. So I want to be in four games. Um, but I think, you know, obviously a lot to talk about with the game and, yeah, it's, it's a weird position um, you know, the finals are finally here. It's a long wait, especially at the start of our season. Usually, you know, we're either, or well, in the last recent, especially last year, we'll, you know, miss out by percentage and, you know, not knowing, you know, what our fate lies. And, you know, we've been waiting for this moment for a while. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's exciting as well. Certainly is. It's probably coming up against the informed team in the competition, aside from us. I think just in in terms of momentum leading up to finals, they they've had a couple of key injuries this this year. Now I can see you shaking your head in that. But Hawthorne a couple of weeks ago, mate, or three weeks ago. So yeah, I don't know. We drew with Hawthorne, but they certainly could be. And, and look, I'm trying to rack my brain in terms of their away record. I don't know, like away from the Gabba, about how comfortable they are traveling, whether they're sort of here here in in terms of playing away from home, and whether that really affects them too much. But They've certainly got some players that can win matches off their own boot, and I think we've we've now got I think a pretty good idea of how to match up on those. And I know that one potential change that you floated when we were having a chat before was Michael Hibbert has had the job on Charlie Cameron before and succeeded really well. Now, obviously, they opted for Sean Sean Smith. I keep saying that for Joel Smith um, to come in and play that role in Gary Rowan just because of his the way that he matches up with his athleticism and his leg speed and and we know how damaging Rowan can be when he when he gets on top of a player. But do you think Hibbo comes back in to play on Charlie Cameron, do you think? I think that happens because, you know, they've got also McCarthy floating around, um, which can obviously he can hit the scoreboard. And well Brisbane's really I mean, you know, look at their pillars. I mean, Fullerton plays in there as a bit of a ruck forward. Um, obviously, you've got to put some time into Danaher. Probably, I'd, I'd assume it'd be Stephen May. And then, obviously, Will Petty will go to um, Dan McStay, I'd say, at this stage. I think we match up well if we bring in a smaller type player. I think Joel Smith, you know, obviously in the air will be a lot stronger. But I think Hibbo's rebound and attack and um, defensive mindset on a smaller player is probably more beneficial. I mean, that is another one. Or, I mean, Gorney even said on um, Triple M that. You know, there's there's probably 30 blokes that are probably that could be playing at the moment. There's you know there's I mean you got the sub as well, but you know there's eight blokes potentially out of the 22 that could be in the 22. And I think like I mean you look at those those sort of forward types. So like, I mean Jordan was a sub on the weekend, but you know Sparrow, which we were actually surprised he stayed in the side. Um, we thought he might have been you know might have been 
you know, kept as a sub or something. And, you know, he might have been Malkshan just keeping the 22. So it was interesting to see Malkshan go out. Yeah, obviously, he's, um, but, you know, he could be one that could potentially come in and um, play a defensive role potentially on Harris Andrews, who, you know, likes to drop off a bit. And, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what, you know, what does come about. But based on last week's team, like, we don't know what could happen and what Goody and the selectors have in mind. Yeah, no, certainly plenty of, of decisions to think about with that. We talked about our youth and we've still got, obviously, Jake Bowie playing his, what, it'll be his fourth game if he stays in the in fifth? Fifth. Fifth, yeah, fifth game if he stays in this week. I think Hibo with his experience against Cameron is probably something that really probably pushes him just slightly ahead of Joel Smith. Yeah. And, yeah, Melsham, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, I think that he has got genuine X factor, and I think the finals is somewhere that his role. And we talked about somebody like James Jordan or, or Tom Sparrow as somebody that's got a specialist skill that can impact a game, especially at this time of the year. I think I'd go with Jake Melksham in that sense. You're right where we thought that when Viney was coming back in, Sparrow would be the one to probably fall out because they were pretty much like for like in terms of. The positions that they play, even though we know that Sparrow can push forward a little bit, he's that little bit taller, can take a bit more of a contested grab, which he he played really well against Geelong, and and he really did step up in some big moments and took some really great contested marks at at really crucial times. So it would be unlucky for him to go out. It's just yeah, look, it's it's a selection headache. It's going to be one of those things. I think we're kind of grateful that we've got everyone reasonably fit and firing. I know you floated the possibility before the pod about Jaden Hunt returning. And that could be one of those things where, unfortunately, if he is ahead of schedule with his rehab on his ankle, that would mean that probably Bowie is the first one out, unfortunately. And again, we do, we love Hunty and we love his season and he has, he's had a terrific year and we love it back in his team. And I guess it's just a credit and it shows how well that we operate as a football club and how well that they've developed players that can kind of just come in, come out. And it doesn't change the scope of our team too much. Like we can still execute our game style and our game plan and we can still win in the same ways. So yeah, there's going to be some heartaches. It's always going to be the case with finals. It's unfortunately, it's um, one of those things when you've got a competitive side that's got a lot of players that are competing for spots in, in a side, it's 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 always going to happen. We've talked about it all year. It's a good problem to have, but there's going to be some tough decisions to be made Thursday night when the teams come out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, yeah, like like what I was saying before, it's we did not expect the side that we had out um, last week, um, especially with Smith and Sparrow probably staying in. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting game, mate, and it's, it's exciting times because... You know, if obviously if we do win, we, you know, are able to get straight into a prelim and that's, you know, you'd say it's a home prelim, but obviously, you know, we'll probably end up choosing the Adelaide Oval again. That way we can probably not to move too far away knowing that, you know, obviously the situation in Victoria, I think, you know, hopefully that time will give our players a chance to, you know, c- continue to connect well together and, you know, gear up for obviously is a pretty exciting time and, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 nerve wracking, but yeah, the real stuff's here, mate. And we can, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, relax because now we're really like we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. We're here to, what is it? What's the slogan that they've come out now with their new merch? Give them hell. Give we're, them here hell to, mate. we're here to give them hell. So. Have you got one yet? No, I haven't yet. No, I don't, I don't really. I don't really like buying. I don't really like buying merch, mate. I, I don't really buy much stuff. Yeah, I don't, 
I reckon, <laughs> you know what? We win. I'm, I'm, I'll probably buy a face mask, I reckon. Yeah. Well, there's something that you're going to need of for the next exactly. however many years. Yeah, I don't know how long we're going to have it. But anyway. Hey, it's probably tax deductible. You can buy it and oh, yeah, claim it, mate. Absolutely. So don't even wait for you. Don't even wait for a win. You're, um, you're smart, it was really nice. I had a couple of listeners just message me just saying that they'd got tickets to the game on, on Saturday night. And yeah, really, really nice. And it's yeah one of those things that obviously we can't be there in fact of our state's circumstances and everything that that's in but yeah you're so excited for those people that can go and probably the Port benefit is sorry Port for us yeah, yeah, yeah definitely want to be there it'd be cool if we got like one of those like you know on channel seven you see those um those fan like check-ins how do you got them going nuts i remember last year they uh did a fair bit of it so hopefully hopefully something similar is going around and yeah no that's it no we'll have we know that everyone that goes there that is a melbourne supporter is going to be cheering for all of us that can't be there so no well done to all those people that get tickets and we know that you're going to be out there doing our team proud and and yeah our players are going to be um absolutely feeding off all your energy and all your support out there so can't wait for it it's going to be a huge game All right, mate. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for another week. And what a week it's been. It's uh, it's certainly, as I said, how many times have you watched the last quarter? Rewatched the last quarter twice. Um, obviously, watch it live. Um, watch the KO Mini twice. Um, so, yeah, t- trying to sit through half an hour when you, I mean, you don't have as much time. But, um, yeah, watching those KO Minis and reliving the experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, hearing the Melbourne song on the uh, loudspeaker for the bell this morning was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have anything to do with that, would you? Um, no, nah, that's uh, our famous Jody from Hopin. Ah, yeah, nice one. Yeah. So she, uh, yeah, she's the one that does that and it's yeah it's very nice, good nice refreshing and <laughs> um, when you've you've been able to do that 17 times this year it's uh pretty cool to go into work on a either a monday or a tuesday wherever whenever she gets in there and when she's got the chance to so Bloody oath. uh yeah no nah, fantastic no well it's been yeah a week to celebrate a moment to celebrate that we've been able to enjoy with people far and wide uh, unfortunately, yeah, not being there, but just being able to celebrate it however we can. And it's great to see the support that now is going to start flocking, well, the streets as much as they can, <laughs> as much as people can in, in, in what we're in, especially in the state of Victoria at the moment. But no, it's it's awesome to see. And hopefully we might be able to see a few more murals come out on people's houses. I don't know. We're about to sell out, so I probably can't count myself painting anything on, on, our, <laughs> on, our, on our brick uh, or even on the garage door. But Maybe don't don't count it out for a few places to see some red and blue pop up, which I think will be pretty awesome. But we've got some big stuff coming up. We've got a couple of special guests coming up, which is pretty exciting. We oh, we can probably announce it. We got this week we got Brock McLean coming on, which I think will be a really fantastic chat with somebody who yeah has had a huge role at the Melbourne Football Club, but just has a really interesting football story and life story. And I'm really looking forward to be able to chat to him about his experiences and what he's up to at the moment as well, which is awesome. We also have our interview with Kyder Clace, which we did the other night, which was great. He's absolute legend and demon rookie who we know is going to, yeah, hopefully play a huge impact in the Melbourne Football Club for 
time to come. He is, yeah, somebody that a friend of our friend of the podcast and Jack Fitzpatrick. But it was great to chat to him about his footy story, a mid-season draftee, somebody who's been a mature age recruit from Werribee, but who's been able to hit the ground running and is absolutely loving his time at the D's. And we had a great chat with him about his experiences, which it would be pretty strange getting to a club mid-season, I could imagine. So um, it was great to hear his thoughts about his AFL dream coming true. And yeah, make sure if you haven't listened to that, check that out there because yeah, it was a really interesting chat with Kai. So for all our listeners, make sure that you subscribe or listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google or on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Twitter at A-T-T-N-2-Detail, D-E-E, make sure you do that. Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to leave us some feedback on any of those platforms there. Again, we're so grateful for your support. We're all there with you and we're so excited to share season 2.0 with you all. Simo, thanks again. Good luck for the rest of the week, mate. It's uh, I know remote teaching isn't ideal <laughs> or fun, but hey, hey if it I'll every re- it, mate. <laughs> recess and lunch, you're hearing grand old flag blast out, must make it that little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. And also, last <laughs> last thing before we finish up, um, well done to our or whoever our winner will be. And yeah, thanks for supporting the podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the winner of competition. We will release that tomorrow. So, yes, thank you very much for that. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Go Dees. Go Dees.